Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, along with Zach Newfeld and Kevin Watt. We're brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the racing season already here, don't get left behind. Maximize your time with personalized and effective sessions, and a guide to help you along the way. TriJoy can help. Whether your goal is to lose weight, run a marathon, finish a fondle, or tackle a triathlon, it's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the TriJoy link on the FitSpeak page and take your first step to the finish line. We're also brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is summer. Once again, the Wenting's Word of the Week is summer. Mention that word to the staff the next time you're at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. One more time, your Wentings word of the week is summer. And on our summer special solstice fit speak, we have a feature on how two local sporting clubs celebrated the start of summer. We have our latest installment of Vince Speaks and Zach Newfeld is here with a new segment of Between the Ears. One of the nice things about living in the Fraser Valley is the wintertime. While the rest of the country is living in three to six months of ice and snow and is playing curling, we get to do our runs and rides outdoors without having to put on enough clothing to make us resemble the Michelin Man. We rarely get any snow, and when it does come, it usually stays for about a week or two and is gone. Sure, it gets dark and rainy, but when was the last time you had to get your car towed out of a rain drift? And as good as the winters are, comparatively speaking, summers are great here too, and it's not just about the weather. We have a lot of grassroots sporting clubs that give us opportunities to harvest all that fitness members built up over the dark season. Two of those clubs are the Abbotsford Triathlon Club and the Phoenix Velo Training Group. This past Wednesday was June 20th, the first day of summer, and both clubs showed what they can do best, getting their members out racing. We take you to the starting line of the ATC time trial out on Page Road in Abbotsford, and then to the starting line of the Phoenix Velo Hill Climb out near Ferndale Road in Mission. Here are the sounds of the summer in the Fraser Valley. We're on the corner of Walters and Sim in Abbotsford. It's a warm Wednesday night, June the 20th, pumping up his specialized shiv with a solid disc wheel and a cosmic up front. ATC captain or coach or kooky person, kooky person Mikey Ross. Mikey, you're, uh, you've been running these time trials all year now, correct? I have been. And this is what, what, number five oh, or six shoot. so far number this year? Number five or six, yeah. We're on, a, on a route that doesn't have any, uh, what was the issue? No, no left-hand turns. Yeah, they, so they don't work well. It's a, it's a safe time trial. We've got, uh, how many people usually show up to these things? Uh, anywhere from five to ten, just depending on the night. So we were hoping for maybe somewhere between those. How have things been going for you? For me, oh, well, as far as personally, uh, or as a coach, or as both, a both. <laughs> what's what's been happening at these time trials? Uh, we've been having a lot of variety of people show up. Some brand new folks that have never done one before, and that's really exciting to be involved in that. And we've got some regulars that come and try to beat their old times. And uh, depending on the evening, anything can happen down here on the windy little prairie. How have you personally been doing so far this year at these time trials? 
are pretty consistent depending on which bike uh, wheel I bring. It seems to be connected to whether or not I have my solid disc on. <laughs> What's that worth usually on a, on a good night for you? Uh, we're going to find out tonight. I'm hoping for about a minute better than uh, last week. We'll see. And the distances of these time trials? Um, about 8K-ish or 16K-ish depending on how many uh, loops people do. Okay, thank you so much for your time, Mikey. You're welcome. He looks like he's dead, but he's probably alive, so I'm going to approach him anyway with caution. None other than... Now, what's your official title with, uh, with the company? F2C Promotions Rep for Western Canada? He looks very tired. He's in a mellow state of mind. Uh, this is Alan Fossum. Did I pronounce your last name right? Fossheim. Now, we're wondering... Uh, you're doing the time trial, but... Uh, You've heard of the saying, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight, but you've got your old beaster here. This is an old Sportech. Uh, I'm not seeing any disc wheels. I'm not seeing any aero bars, uh, especially considering the bicycle you have in the garage. What's, what's with this? I just rode from Poco to here to time the time trial. <laughs> I, I, I guess he's not participating tonight. Okay, so he's timing, so he's a, a value a valued contributor to the time trial. So uh, that that would explain the case. Okay, how did the ride from Port Coquitlam to uh, to Mission go for you? Great, no flats. How many bottles of water do you require? Because it's 32 degrees out here today. I had one. And how's your header? Fine, but I need another, and it's coming in a van. Why are you eating the grass? Uh, nutrition okay Fire. thank you uh <laughs> thanks for being here tonight it's going to be a crazy night uh our next guest to speak live from the time trial in abbotsford tom how do i pronounce your last name just like it sounds advocate advocate and you are from abbotsford another poco person coming here for the abbotsford triathlon clubs time trial you're looking looking like you're in race shape tom <laughs> it's an illusion I'm not, I'm not nearly as fast as i look how's the training been going for you so far this year uh made great gains in the swim this year actually uh, even though my off season was very running centric uh don't think i really did all that much improvement at all in the run but i've made some really good gains in the swim strangely enough so here you are, you're ready for the time trial. Um, what distance are you choosing tonight? Uh, the two laps, what is that, uh, 16 kilometers? Yeah, doing 16 kilometers. So how have you been, is this your first time trial or have you done a few of them? Uh, I came out for one lap about two or three weeks ago. Uh, it was based mostly to try out the new equipment on the bike, really. It wasn't really for, uh, for uh, a gauge or a test or anything like that. So. And how did the new equipment for you work? Very well. Yeah. What's your uh, next race coming up, Tom? That will be the uh, Peach Classic in Penticton. So an Olympic distance race, I guess? No, no sprint. Going for the sprint. Okay, any any goals for that one? None particular. It's a very hilly course. It really took me off guard last year, so the goal is to be more prepared this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, personal best for sure, but uh, more just to be more prepared for the hills. Okay, best of luck at the Peach Classic. Thank you very much. Jamie! Yes. Jamie's one of our duathlete athletes who did our duathlon challenge a couple of months back on it. It was the only rainy Saturday we had. I'm doing uh, something for our podcast, the FitSpeak thing, wondering if I could do a quick interview with Jamie. Sure. I just want to get sure, uh, make sure of your last name. How do I pronounce your last name? Imai. Imai? Mm -hmm. And how long have you been with the triathlon club? This is my second year. Second year, and when you're not uh, playing triathlon, you're playing teacher somewhere. Yes, I teach grade four at Asia North Pop, and I'm the dance specialist at the school. And how many days left? Uh, six. 
How are you feeling about the end of the school year? Excited. So here you are out on a Wednesday night in the heat, 32 yeah. degrees on the way here. Um, what are you hoping to accomplish with tonight's time trial? I'm hoping to have fun. It's been my while. It's been a long time since I've time trialed. So. So you're ready to roll. Ready to roll. What are you drinking tonight? I, I'm looking. It's in the car. It's, it's in, in the, the car. car. Water, plain water. Okay. Best of luck out there, Jamie. You too. Okay. okay. So don't expect that. Okay. Okay. One more quick interview. Hello, Jen Burns. Hi. You mind if I record you? This is for our podcast called Fitspeak. How has the training been going for you so far this year? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. So you're training for a fairly big race, the Ironman out in Whistler. How soon is that coming up for you, Jen? It's July 29th. I'm actually doing the half. You are doing the half Ironman, the 70.3 distance. So you're ready to do tonight's time trial? I am. And how many of these have you done so far this year? Uh, I've been to, I think, all of them but two, so half a dozen, I guess. And uh, based on what you've experienced in the past, uh, it's a little bit windy and it's warm. Um, how does this compare with the other nights that you've been racing here? Yeah, it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll see how I, how I do, but, you know, might be just as hot on race days, so. Got to be ready for yeah, that. Yeah. So one lap or two laps tonight? I'm going to do two. Best of luck out there. Thank you. We're uh, now in Mission, a different uh, club. We just left the uh, Abbotsford Triathlon Club's time trial where they had about a dozen people. And we're up here in the hills of Mission getting ready for the Phoenix Bello time trial. Uh, well, let's start with this guy, seeing as he knows everything. We were just talking with Mikey Ross, the organizer of the time trial. You he's are the organizer? You, he's trying to take my job? You're usually oh the organizer of a time trial, so I'm thinking... Yes, uh, and uh, hill climbs. And hill climbs. That's right, uh, So this is uh, Jeff Warren, president of Phoenix Bello. Oh, we need you in here. Yeah, yes. we'd like to interview... We uh, have our favorite young lady, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of our specialists that started off on a very, very antiquated type bike, and now she's a seasoned pro cyclist. Let's do an interview with Veronique. Yes? Wishful thinking and his part, but so nice. So you've got a beautiful bike here. Oh, yes. It's a Scott. I love it. It's a very nice one. And you're prepared for a bit of a hill climb tonight. No, not at all, but that's fine. <laughs> it's biking. Are you uh, prepared for the weather? It's kind of warm for us. Too warm. Yeah. Way, way too warm. It's warm, yeah. it's sticky, but Snuggy. you're... I'm all wet. Yes. How far did you have to ride to here? Oh, I live behind Hillside, so ah. I don't know, three kilometers. <laughs> so how long have you been a member of Phoenix Velo? Last year. And you've been doing a lot of practicing on the hills. I remember talking to you um, back in, I think it was October or November. Yeah, right around Christmas. How has your training been going this year? Oh, very nice, very nice. I go with Jeff, I go with Bruce. Very nice. What's been the highlight of your riding season so far? Uh, Probably managing to go, I mean, I don't want to sound too conceited, but I managed to go at 40, what was it? 41 on the flat on the trackway. Aha, 41 kilometers per hour, just burning it up. Congratulations. Um, do you have any future goals for this season? 
reaching 31 on a regular basis. You know, oh. when you go an hour, yes. at 31 would be nice. And with your time trials every Thursday or every second Thursday, you're, you're making uh, some good progress. Yes, yes, yes. I probably will be able to pass 31. Thank you so much, Veronique. Thank you. Former Fitzpeak guest. He's back. He's looking very much in shape in June. Welcome back, Brandon. Who's that? And how has your season been going? How's yours been going? Uh, mine's been going so-so. Has yours been going better than mine? I don't think I've even had a season. Have I had a season so far no, yet, Jack? No, no. <laughs> I've been working. Well, I don't even know if I've been. Do you call laying fiber working? Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, uh, well, tell us about your bike then. Uh, oh, giant. It's fantastic. It's and uh, what else can you tell us? How's the rider been doing? Uh, is the rider as good as the bike tonight? Definitely not. So you showed up for the time trial. Are you prepared for this? Have you been doing your hill repeats or have you just been, uh, you know, taking it easy for the past couple of months? I'm sorry, you're supposed to prepare for this? Uh, people do it in different ways. Some people watch Tour de France videos. Some people watch Jens Voigt on YouTube. What have you been doing? I've dropped into the Jeff Orm Everton uh, yoga class periodically. And how's that going for you? I can touch my toes now. Okay, thank you so much, Brandon. We're expecting big things for you tonight. Uh, are you thinking first, second, or somewhere in between? Uh, I hope I finish. Okay, that's, that's I think, everybody's goal now. Uh, now, Randy, uh, do you have time for a quick interview, if you'd like? Randy's shaking his head. So, Randy, uh, just wondering how your season has been going so far. You had a bit of an injury a little bit earlier on, and that's been kind of hampering you so far this year? a bit of a back injury, but it's coming along good, and uh, as far as the... Uh, Season, it's good. I'm doing good in the series. All right. Time is not up to par on the time trial, but just keep working on it. Fitness, that's all I need. Okay, and you're having some big expectations for tonight, or are you going to just... You're not even riding tonight. You're just volunteering? Yeah, of course, volunteering. You have to. A kind-hearted volunteer. We talked to the volunteers over at uh, the ATC, and they, they had drove in from Coquitlam just to volunteer for the event. So some awesome grassroots uh, support for these events very dedicated people. Thank you so much for volunteering tonight, Randy. No problem, anytime. Best of the luck with the rest of your season. Best of luck with your back. And you too. I see Gordon here. Gordon, I was just, I was surrounded by triathletes a few minutes ago when I was over at the ACT, ATC time trial. I okay. see you're not with them. You're on a road bike, no aero bars. You're uh, preparing to do the hill climb. Hill climb up here at Ferndale. Now, Gordon has an amazing power-to-weight ratio. I got a, a taste of that last year. Wow, it was almost a year ago when we were doing Crystal's Positive Spin for Mental right. Health, and you were just flying up the hills. How's your form so far this year, Gordon? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've gotten to uh, my longest this year was 150, so I'm hoping this year I'll still have that same power to get up to uh, Ryder Lake and uh, this weekend, yeah. Yeah, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, so your preparation has been as good as or not quite as uh, like not last year? As, not as much as last year. A lot of shorter distances, but I, I think I'll, I'm doing the 200, so we'll see. Okay, best of luck out there. We heard the weather's not going to be quite as warm as last year. Uh, that was pretty intense. Which is excellent. <laughs> best of luck out there. Thank you. There's a lot of ways you could describe Abbotsford's Vince DiMano. Web developer, entrepreneur, pro soccer player, dad, singer, social activist, elite triathlete, 
In his 50 years on the planet, Vince has done many, many things. And in our FitSpeak series, we'll get a chance to learn about this multi-talented guy. In our previous segment of Vince Speaks, we heard about how he trained for his Ironman races, suffered some injuries, and was forced to give up running, and of course, the sport of triathlon. In episode 6, we hear about how his relationship with his girlfriend rekindled his relationship with triathlon. This is Vince Speaks. Uh, but you know, that's not the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so yes, I had a family and, um, and uh, there was a stretch from uh, the time my daughter was born um, Bella, uh, yeah, Isabella. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where uh, I'll call it a bit unlucky. Where Bella's mom was ill for a while and was spent a couple of years bedridden, and uh, um, to this day remains um, dealing with a chronic illness. Um, and then Bella, in her early teens, had some stuff affect her life as well, mm. and and so I spent a lot of that time just being a dad. And a mom sometimes, mm. um, and you know you um, uh, you know that you do a service to your child by being healthy and fit, but you're, that second choice that's always your mm. second choice. So um, so you focus on them for a while, and the athletics take a back seat, and and it was maybe a little bit of karma that my foot got hurt <laughs> and I'm limping around and can't work out when my family needs me the most. Mm, yeah. So maybe the universe aligned for that and maybe gave me the message. And um, if, if that doesn't sound <laughs> coincidental enough for you, um, when Isabella started to you know, um, feel better and be better, um, so did I. So did mm. I. My, my foot was better. Um, uh, I, I worked on it hard, even though I didn't have the desire to rehab like a fiend. Uh, I still never really let up on it. Um, and so years years had now gone by, I'd probably six or seven years post-injury. And I was still working it because I wanted to have comfort. I wanted to have quality of life. It was a drive towards quality of life as opposed to a drive towards competitiveness. Yeah. So I kept kept working it. And around that time, I'm working out at the gym one day and I just, the foot felt good. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to, there's an indoor track at the gym I work at. I'm just going to, I'm going to do a lap. I'm going to see what it feels. I'm going to run a lap. For the first time in how many years? In probably pretty close to eight years. It was the first time I had run. Mm. And I remember it was an, an incredible experience actually, because I probably did five laps total. Uh, that day but I the first lap and all those muscles that I hadn't used for a while all started to like they're like oh that's new that's a new (laughs) thing uh but the you know the chest came up and the chin came up and the shoulders went back and I was probably I was running slower than some walkers out there I'm sure (laughs) but but the feeling was like an incredibly cathartic moment Mm. actually and so I started to 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 um work in I think that I think five laps is 800 meters and I started to work in an 800 meter run maybe once a week and where was this uh, in Abbotsford okay. at the Abbotsford rec center there's a little track in there and uh, uh, started to do that and that was probably all I really got out of my foot for you know the next um, the next year to two years uh, it was just a little 800 meter run a couple times a week 
Um, and then, then the next big sort of change in life uh, was um, um, uh, <laughs> it's a weird motivation and it's also a weird way to put it because um, I my marriage had ended, which sounds depressing and I, I like stories to be happy, but mm -hmm. uh, 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 my marriage had ended and I'd been alone for a little while and then I met somebody. Um, she she describes herself as the short little brown girl. Is, is this where we're going? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So I, a very random meeting of uh, this wonderful young lady, who certainly wouldn't call herself an athlete. Uh, she was kind of in the same boat as me. She had children as well and had uh, a previous marriage, and um, and she was just going to the gym and doing her her thing at the gym two, three times a week. Um, so a generally fit person. But our relationship uh, um, did revolve a little bit around athletics. One of the very first things she said to me, and I think she used to use it to weed people, to weed men out of her life. Mm -hmm. She said, well, I've got children and I don't have much time. So if you want to hang out with me, you've got to come to the gym. Mm. And I think I was maybe one of the first uh, men to uh, Take uh, to ever say, yeah, let's go. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> So it was great, and so uh, we inspired each other to to go more, and um, a lot of cross training. But you know, we'd get on the spin bikes and stuff like that, and she kind of liked that. It was new for her getting on a spin bike and and doing that. And then um, one day, her cousin did a sprint triathlon, and it kind of got her thinking. Hmm, if she can do mm -hmm. a sprint triathlon, maybe I can do a sprint triathlon. Now, had you mentioned to her in your lead up in your courting your dating that you had been a pretty decent triathlete in the past well i uh i probably mentioned that i'd done them mm. and that i'd done the iron man thing but um you showed her your finishers medals uh, yes mm -hmm. yeah they're you know um you, you... made her wear your no <laughs> <laughs> no you get to display your iron man finishers medal for the rest of your life, you get to display that. Now, PBs, personal no. bests and personal records, on the other hand, they don't count if it didn't happen in the last five years. <laughs> but that Ironman finisher's medal, you can display that proudly for the rest of your life. And Greg Joy is still showing his silver medal off. <laughs> That's right. So, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, she decided I'm going to do a sprint. And, and so I said, well, I'll train with you. I wasn't going to do it. I said, triathlon's over for me. Mm. I wasn't going to do it. And so she did. She trained and... Um, at five o'clock in the morning, I get all the kids up and we all go down. It's a, uh, an MEC race in Langley and, um, she competes in this event. And when she's done, she, the first thing she says is what a lot of triathletes say when they cross the line. They Never say, again. <laughs> no, she said, I could have gone faster. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, so she's one of them. One of them. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That was a kind of an end of the season thing. So I said, well, let's, you know, if you like that, do another one next year. We'll mm -hmm. train again and we'll train through the winter and and uh, kind of mix it up. And there's a, a, um, the Kelowna Cherry is a sprint early in the season up in Kelowna. And I said, if you like that one, why don't you try an Olympic distance, a standard distance, the Kelowna Apple. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you'll do the Olympic, I'll train and I'll do the Kelowna Apple, even if I've got to walk it. Mm. I'll do the Cologne Apple. It's a race I've done. You 10 were serious times. about this relationship. I, I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way to a woman's heart is <laughs> through sweat and tears and, <laughs> and, and chain oil. And <laughs> uh, so she, um, so she took up that challenge, and um, 
enjoyed the Kelowna Cherry and, and kept training. And, and in the beginning, it was, you know, uh, the training was just try and get in two swims, two bikes, and two runs a week. See if you can do that. And then when it was time to do the Olympic, see if you can do three, three, and three each week. And she took on that challenge. And when she finished the Kelowna Apple, um, you know, I think it, it was very painful. Uh, as we all experience in our first uh, standard Olympic triathlon. Um, but she was intrigued to do more. And at that event that day, even though I was 20 pounds overweight and with a bad foot, um, I managed to run the entire 10K. Wow. So, so this is the first time in decades, perhaps. Longest run mm. in nearly 10 years. Wow. And uh, on on about... 5k of training leading up to that so um but i thought to myself that i was my foot hurt and it hurt for a week after and i thought <laughs> but but you know I, if i could do it then maybe there's a formula there in which i can participate in these events again and i didn't feel a, 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 any competitive drive but i thought that if christina was willing to train for the events and i could train with her and then participate in the event too then this was something that I, I thought the best way for me to support her in her desire to compete in these things would be if I um, trained and participated too. So, uh, and this goes beyond the sport of triathlon. I mean, this is good relationship maintenance. This is sowing the seeds for the future. Well, a a absolutely. And I, I give great kudos to all the, I call them triathlon bunnies, mm -hmm. the uh, significant others who stand outside the transition zone, holding the bag mm -hmm. of the competitor on the inside. And I, of course, did that for her first two events. I stood on the outside and maybe my ego said, you got to get in there too. <laughs> uh, but I would be, I would have been content to do that. Uh, but I also know that like, um, th there is something very special about being out on a run course or a bike course and having your partner go in the other direction. And Suffering as much as you are, or yeah. enjoying the same wonderful experience, drinking yeah. from the same Gatorade, cauldron, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. How romantic is that? Uh, well, it certainly <laughs> can be. Um, you know, it is what you make it, mm. of course. I'm Zach Newfeld, and this is Between the Ears. Imagine this, you've trained for months, you're finally at the start line of your first half marathon. A feeling of peace sets in, you're fully prepared. Well, I've done the best I can, you think to yourself, and you're off at a good pace, right on track to finish at your goal time. Halfway through the race, your energy fades and you recede into your mind. Negative thoughts pop up and it's all you can do to keep your feet moving. Sitting down at the finish line, you wonder what happened, you think to yourself, I did all I could think of. I talked to everyone I knew, I remembered what worked in shorter distances, and I tried as hard as I could, and I still failed. When we fail, how we interpret failure is what determines our future. Thomas Edison said, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. His invention of the light bulb evolved over time and through many failures. We could adapt what he said to being an athlete. We could say, I've had the guts to race hundreds of races and discover hundreds of ways not to succeed. A study published in The Sports Psychologist called A Framework of Mental Toughness in the World's Best Performers researched how mental toughness helps athletes handle failure. The study participants indicated that when they failed, mentally tough performers handled it by rationalizing their past failures so they could learn how to reach their future goals. 
Rationalizing their failures led them to find out why they failed and to look at the reasons why they were unsuccessful. Participants believed everyone fails, but mentally tough people pick out the learning points and bring them to future performances. They test their previous knowledge against their performance, adapt it, and use the experience to modify themselves so they can go beyond their previous mistake in future events. Mentally tough performers don't see failures as issues. This doesn't mean they're crazy, it just means they don't get blocked. They know how to improve their performance in future events. Mentally tough people also use failure to drive themselves towards further success. Being disappointed actually made participants in the study more motivated to perform at a higher level next time. Failing made them stronger. They felt determined to prove that the same failure wouldn't happen again. They wanted to fix the problem so they could move on. When they failed, they tried harder and harder till they achieved what they wanted. Failure was a stimulus to do better next time, and it was a springboard to the next step. A study participant said it adds to your mental body armor and makes you stronger and protects you from failure in the future. When we set goals, we either fail or we succeed. The study, a framework of mental toughness in the world's best performers, discovered how mentally tough athletes use failure as a teacher to help them evolve and improve over time as they climb the ladder of success. The study also found that failure can protect us from future failure if we use it as a stimulus to springboard us up to the next step. In a way, it seems that failure is an intrinsic part of success. So fail forward. Again, I'm Zach Newfeld bringing you Between the Ears. Thanks for listening.